Luis! Luis, the news just broke. Damn it, Luis. We have a leak. They found out? Yeah, it, it's out. The, the world knows we haven't been able to pay anyone since September 1st. Damn it. Pop Williams has even started sniffing around to see if the team is for sale, too. It's only a matter of time. I, is the franchise going to get sold, Luis? Steve, it's time you found out the truth. Before it gets to the press. Luis, y- you look pale. What What's going on? Am I going to get fired? We had hoped to keep this a secret, Steve. Well, whatever it is, Luis, I'll keep a lid on it. Just tell me what it is so I can help you. It's about the owners. Are they broke? No, Steve. The steam... The steam is owned by a flock of angry seagulls. What? But... 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 But Ronaldo was just being paid a bill to put his brand on it. Can you imagine the shit show if we announced that a flock of angry seagulls had taken over a U.S. second division soccer team? Well, I mean, is that really that much worse than Antigua Barracuda? That team wasn't literally owned by fish. It just seemed like it. Well, okay, but how did this happen? Have you tried saying no to a flock of angry seagulls that show up with a hundred million dollars? Wait, how'd they get all that money? It was the image rights from that stupid Jonathan Livingston seagull book. Oh, well... I guess I didn't read that one. Why'd they run out of money, though? They expected a settlement from a defamation lawsuit against Sully. But it didn't pan out. Turns out the courts aren't as susceptible to angry pecking as we were. (sighs) It's the seagulls. I have to take this. Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. And welcome to Tough Goss by two United fans. This is Notch. And this is Colin. And Caleb. And Babe the Ox is big and blue. It's episode 72. Oof, very nice. Topical reference to Minnesota culture. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Paul Bunyan didn't really fit for this one. Maybe a future episode. I did see a big uh, Paul Bunyan statue in Portland. I was there uh, a couple of days ago, and there was a massive one like on a street corner. Real In Portland, really? Yeah. I mean, I know that they're supposed to keep Portland weird, but come on. Yeah, yeah. Portland, that is our giant. Leave them alone. You've already got Fred Armisen and Carrie Brownstein. Give us something at least. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think I think, you know, it's just that uh they're they're it, it's like it's like those guys from Seattle, they go to uh, Europe every summer to go and copy culture. It's like the Portland people come every summer to Minnesota and copy our culture. You know. I have been seeing people in flannel and giant beards for the last like twelve years, so Yeah, we started that. Yeah, we yeah also, totally. Absolutely. Exactly. We also um, started bottle shops. We started having lots of bridges in our city. Um, in fact, wasn't the, the Twin Cities founded on being a lumber port? Um, yeah, something like that. We were Portland before there was a Portland. Totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And next year we'll be sawing off a log every time we, our team scores a goal. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's what we'll do. It, it, it wasn't meant, saw- meant to be a euphemism. That yeah, was, I was just going to say, actually sawing that in off Portland. a log. They really actually the... do that in Portland. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. the, the, <laughs> like the Lumberjack that does it, and he's like all, like, I don't know. Like, I usually saw off logs. Like, they show it on TV. It's okay to what? show it on TV. I saw off a log, like, every every day around, like, 9 o'clock after my first cup of coffee goes through, but... <laughs> okay. okay, so so when you were telling me to come and help you cut down a tree in your backyard, uh, I'm glad I said no now. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. You don't want to see my chainsaw. 
Smell. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. All right. Uh, our our uh, the, the the next headline has in brackets cue the high pitched scream, which I'm going to do before the headline now uh, because of what we're just talking about. But let's get on to NASL news. <laughs> hey, look at that. If there wasn't any news, was there? Right. Some news is bad news. Uh, is the new NASL motto. <laughs> um, first of all, uh, there's just been a lot of like confusing stuff coming out of Fort Lauderdale. We we heard a report that they uh, haven't, they aren't going to be able to meet their financial obligations for the rest of the year. Then there was a report that their owners are looking to sell. Then the team came out and made the official statement that no, we're not actually looking to sell. We're going to play next year with the same ownership. We're just kind of maybe looking for a loan, maybe not. Then there was some news that Gunter Kronsteiner, former and beloved Fort Lauderdale coach, is uh, working with this guy named what something Stronach, Frank Stronach. Frank, yeah. yeah, Frank Stronach, uh, history in, in soccer previously. Uh, Canadian was, billionaire, right? Yeah, Canadian. Also uh, in Austria for a while was the president for the Austrian Bundesliga, which is the first division over there, and also kind of their top team, the uh, FK Austria Vien. Oh, that that I mean, yeah, I, I did not, I hadn't read this because I I read that he had a link to Gulfstream, who have a factory. In Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a link money-wise, and I think Kronsteiner has some sort of friendship with him because of the work they did in Austria. Um, as far as Canadian billionaires go, you can't really do too much better than Frank Stronach, but at the same time, this is Canadian billionaire Frank I mean, you could have gone with, like, Neil Pert or Getty Lee, but... Uh-oh, I, I apparently not so much up on my Canadians. Rush? Come on. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Rush are pretty cool. I do like yeah. them. Yeah. They're, uh, pro- they're probably billionaires, I'm guessing. Yeah. Hey, by the way, going on our fraternity theme, when um, when I joined my fraternity that semester, they had a uh, their Rush flyers were literally Rush band posters. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Did, you, did you just put up and said Phi Kappa Psi on it? Uh, that, was, that was it. But anyway, um, I, I got to say that this this was the only piece of news out of Fort Lauderdale that actually made me kind of excited because to have a guy who's in who has 3.2 billion Canadian dollars, which I hear is about 200 US now. Uh, Something like that, yeah. Uh, you know, that that's pretty great. That that would be awesome. But it was like the very next day that uh, Luis Kukochi came out and said, Whoa, don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. Same ownership next year, guys. Don't worry. I'm like, no, you are making this worse. Shut up. I mean, to be fair, the last time that he said anything like that was when he shot down friend of the podcast, Jeff Ritter, called him a kid. Friend of the podcast, Former Toughcast co-host and fifty-five-one journalist <laughs> well, Jeff Ruder got called a kid. <laughs> now he is now he is just a good friend of ours because he's moved on to bigger and better things. Hey, different things. Yeah, different. What, what, what's all this, this mislabeling <clears throat> today? Huh? This is like, come on! You don't get to get much bigger than Toughcast in the Minnesota United community and all seven of our listeners. Yes, we are the premier. Minnesota-based soccer podcast. Being recorded in St. Paul, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, on this corner block, all right? You have to yes. make all those uh, details to you, make sure we are right. You go to any of these three houses that we can see from my window and find out if there's a better soccer podcast that they're recording. I assure you there isn't. By the way, one of those houses that you speak of is actually a storefront. Is it? Oh, yeah. that's right. But they have an apartment upstairs. Oh, that's suppose. Yeah. Hey, but Scott have- DeMoranville, if you're listening to this, do not start a podcast, okay? I don't need competition. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh- <laughs> in any case, so the last time that any sort of positive, hey, you know, 
everything's not as bad as it sounds. Don't worry about it, bro. Happened was when <laughs> Jeff Ritter said that they hadn't been paying their players, that they missed payroll three times. And he was like, no, no, I don't know what this kid is talking about. Turns out not only was it true, but that they would keep on doing it and it would end up like this. Yeah, yeah he said that it wouldn't happen again and it did. So, you know, too bad. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. I'll believe that Luis is actually telling the truth. I'll believe him when... Like, he ends up saying, oh, yeah, the sky is actually green, and Donald Trump is going to be president. Just not That's try an to odd uh, thing that you would, like, yeah, uh, yeah you yeah, know. it's just bid night tonight. Let's just... Yeah, by the way, we're recording right. this right after the debate has ended, and who knew that a T-Rex would show up on stage, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was really great when that time traveler came back and just went, this is where it happens. I have to kill him. Right, and then, yeah. then Donald he... Trump, like, pulled out a magnum and shot him on yeah, the stage. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, when he was saying that he could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, he wasn't kidding. Yeah, no, it was going to happen. And actually, I was I was actually most impressed by the fact that when he revealed himself to be Nostradamus um, Reborn, and he'd been looking at this moment. Everything had been leading up to this moment. And then he bowed down on both his knees in front of Hillary. It was incredible. It was just incredible. Really just guys. a great moment for American politics. I know. It's, yeah. it's, it's represented a coming together in ways that I have never seen before. All right. Moving along. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> I'm just imagining that actually happening. And that's... I mean, if that does, I mean, we should just stop I mean, that's, recording. That, that, that's better cause... than any... <laughs> Any other like scenario I have? Allow me to liquidate my life savings and put it on. Yeah, never mind. Right. I I can't even come up with something that I would win on a bet with, with how bad my predictions have been. Yeah. No. We uh, we have not yet watched the debate, and we're not going to talk about it anymore over here. So let's uh, let's move on to uh, uh, more great NASL news, which is uh, about two teams going to the USL. Whoa. Yeah. So Brian Strauss had a. It was a very interestingly timed interview with Bill Peterson, apparently, because according to him, about four hours after they had finished up their conversation, he had gotten word that both Ottawa and Tampa Bay Rowdies were looking to leave the league. Um, Ottawa, he seems much more sure of that they'll leave in 2017. Tampa Bay is definitely the newcomer to all of this news. They seem to be kind of a ride-or-die sort of situation with the league, but the rumor is that they're looking towards USL as early as next season. So Jason Bruzikezi, who has been involved in the supporters group over in Tampa Bay for quite a while and is also one of the editors over at Midfield Press, is says that he's certain that Tampa Bay Rowdies are going to go to USL next year. Um, I typically trust Jason when he when he's sure of something that that's what his sources are telling him. So um, this is, I mean, to me, this is bigger than Ottawa. Ottawa is a I mean, they they just haven't been able to do as much as Tampa Bay has. Tampa Bay has has a, a, a kind of. Uh, I see them as more of a solidly funded organization than definitely, Ottawa. Definitely, definitely, yeah, absolutely. And I see them as a bigger loss to NASL than than Ottawa if Ottawa left. I can also see, I mean, USL being more excited to have Tampa. Exactly. Yeah, and not only that, the Tampa Bay Rowdies brand is probably one of the bigger bigger marks in the league especially given the fact that they are one of the you know og teams that suddenly came back they also arguably 
the best squad in North America right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh, Cardick, you God. just totally messed up that time. <laughs> Jesus. We'll we'll talk about how prescient that tweet was later, but um, man, but but yeah, in all seriousness, though, if if Tampa Bay leaves, that does leave a huge void in terms of stable clubs that you could see NASL kind of weathering the storm with, because you know, let's face it. As much as we love his antics about criticizing referees, Bill Edwards has run a very good franchise down there. He's getting fans in the seats. He's at least putting enough money into the team where he's acquiring decent players. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there are some issues with his leadership style, but sure. Yeah. I, I can't dispute anything that you've said for the most part. The results from the outside look good. We don't necessarily know everything going on inside but it's it's turning out at least well enough where other investors that would be looking into the league would say maybe this guy is someone that we can get advice from maybe this is someone that you know if he's around he's doing well we can have some confidence that we'll do the same and ottawa has been leaking money ever since they've been in the league and Tampa bay as far as we know has been doing okay financially that's that's kind of makes this news kind of more of a shock. You kind of expected uh, Ottawa to look for other, for greener pastures, both right. now, pun intended. With I, th- the I think, with Tampa Bay, I think, I think the, the issue is that they are, they have strong MLS ambitions. I mean, that news came out earlier this year through some rumors and things like that. Um, and that press conference that was held about Al Lang. So I, I I'm not surprised necessarily that, um, if you told me that Bill Edwards is looking at this from a strategic angle of going to MLS. One other quick note, Brian Stars, uh, said to Neil Morris on the Indoor Triangle podcast that only four teams have not posted their bond for 2017, which every NASL team has to do this before the start of the season. Uh, those teams are Raya OKC, Tampa Bay Rowdies, Fort Lauderdale Strikers, and Ottawa Fury. And there has been a little bit of... Um pulling back on the Rio side, which I was a little bit shocked by. But, um, you know, at this point, I would fully expect that Ottawa's gone. And, you know, with this news, Tampa Bay probably as well. Um, one other thing that came up in uh, Neil Morris's podcast, Steve Sandor, who excellent work over at the 11.ca, um, he talked about a lot of the issues with the Canadian Soccer Association vis-a-vis Ottawa being able to move to USL, he basically said that given some of the issues that they've had with how USL has decided to go for um, reserve teams, they kind of did that without CSA backing. So as a result, there's a lot of internal politics at play that would actually make it more likely that Ottawa shutters for a year or so and then comes back for the CPL. That's his speculation it made a lot of sense. I don't I don't necessarily see them going that far, but it might be a situation where they're not even able to move into USL with CSA sanctioning. I mean I mean USL has very little to gain from letting in a team for one year just to see them go to another league and Ottawa has very little to gain from paying an expansion fee for just one year. So they're probably going to be looking for some sort of favor from USL and I mean we'll see. I think there's a lot of moving parts on that one. Um, the one other point about all of this is that Ottawa Fury also just recently shuttered their academy. Right. right. Yeah. So, so that's another step that's happening. 
Uh, let's also talk very quickly about, and, and all this needs is a very quick mention, the Carolina Railhawks owners have trademarked the name AC Carolina. They've actually done this with about three different names, including Carolina Flight. So th- this is just the latest one that got noticed. This is them. I mean, it's cost like 260 bucks to kind of do this. So they're hedging their bets. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I mean, it could cost as much as I think like 1500 if you did it for different types of merchandise. But um, uh, to kind of sew up all the trademarks. But if you just wanted to like hold a few names to, to, until you made a decision, um, it doesn't cost too, too much. Right. And the one positive thing is that we won't be able to ask anymore. Uh, what the fuck is a railhawk? Because a railhawk <laughs> will go back from not existing to totally not existing. Yeah, which is good for that stupid train bird. It'll just die. And and by the way, guys, all everything that we've just said, some of which might alarm you, um, this next piece of news should make everything better, which is that the San Francisco Deltas have reaffirmed their commitment to NASL. Yay! I feel so much better now. What else are they going to do? Right, they've already like yeah. in the lead. Like, oh, this lead just collapsing around us. We'll still be there to have the ceiling fall on our heads. Uh, there, there was. Like, I'm in too deep, guys. Yeah. I'm in too deep. That's a great Sum Forty One song. Uh, just thinking that. <laughs> Dude, I think Sum Forty One has like a uh, Indian or South Asian heritage dude in it. Yeah, the guitarist, lead guitarist. Really? Yeah, I, I thought right. that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, moving along, I, Midfield Press does have an article on kind of California expansion rumors, and they say that the they, as in Midfield Press, have been in touch with expansion groups in both LA and San Diego. And in fact, the San Diego group is the same one that had been reported on NBC as seeking a USL expansion. So there might actually end up being um, some USL teams, or not USL, <laughs> California yeah. teams in NASL. And specifically, it said, I think the San Diego team, I'm, I'm trying to get this from memory, so I might get it backwards. San Diego team was trying to play in 2018, whereas the LA team was trying to get in there in 2017, uh, which would be before LAFC started playing. So uh, I've always said, I mean, I think I said this on the pod like in a year and a half ago now, that... Uh, uh, LA can support three teams. Two MLS teams and an NASL team. If an NASL team is marketed right, could do it. San Diego is a ripe market for expansion. And combine those two with how also having a San Francisco team. And suddenly, I mean, that's pretty good. You, you kind of have what uh, Florida has in the NASL right now. Just that kind of rivalry. Um, a couple of teams have been able to capitalize on that with the Fla Cl- Classico kind of Fla- Classico. build up those games between San Francisco and San the Diego. The Fully Classico. Right. Yeah. Just build up those games between San Francisco and San Diego. Build as a rivalry game right out the start. Battle for California. Right. Battle for the Republic State. Battle for the island that's going to be created when the San Andreas Fault finally breaks the state apart. I mean, it's a mouth. States. It's a mouthful, but that might work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great acronym, I think. Yeah. Um, but by the way, uh, one other quick piece of news, which is, um, I was going to say that, like, I think any team in San Diego someday will probably try to push for. Um, MLS status. Oh, yeah. yeah. And on that note, for pushing for status, we should mention that U.S. soccer... So, so going into this past weekend, there were two big pieces of things that were going to happen. I think the border, NASL Board of Governors are either going to meet over the weekend or right now, Monday, Tuesday, something like that. And then U.S. soccer was going to have a big meeting on starting on Friday. Well, um, NASL, the night before this meeting, at about 11 o'clock on Thursday night, I decided to post a... Uh, a person is saying, we think everything's great, guys. Also, we're going to collaborate with other leagues in, like, I'm paraphrasing, uh, around the country, which, um, 
By the way, ticked off some Cosmos supporters who were like, oh, we don't want to see NASL collaborating, uh, and Cosmos is supposed to be right at the tippy top of the sphere, and if NASL is going to just, like, stick around here, we want Cosmos to go to MLS. And Because all 4,000 of the fans that will actually show up to a Cosmos game are... Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, their demand was to find out what their... Like, their demand actually was to have Seamus O'Brien speak for the Cosmos owners and tell them uh, how what the plan is to make the Cosmos into the uh, top division side, which I kind of respect, with the implication that somehow NASL remaining at D2 is a bad thing as part of that uh, boggles my mind. Because I've always been one of those guys who's like, NASL needs to become the best second division it possibly can before it starts challenging MLS for D1 stuff. That doesn't mean that you need to be like, we're D2 and we're happy about it. You can just keep your mouth shut about the division status thing and don't say anything. Don't needlessly provoke stuff. However, now going back to what I was originally saying, at the USSF meeting, nothing was decided vis-a-vis NASL and USL. That's at least according to Grant Wall, um, also according to the fact that I bet you if anything had happened, USL would have been like jumping over the moon to tell everyone and their friends that uh, NASL has been dethroned. So I guess USSF is taking kind of a wait-and-see approach, which I think is a good thing because um, who knows? I... I'm, I'm, I'll just say one last word on this NASL thing for me, and then you guys can take over. I think the the reports of NASL's demise have been a little overblown. I think it's a crisis, and it's a bad thing, but there's still a solid backbone there. And if Bill Peterson can convert some of these expansion groups and get them on the pitch, uh, there are also rumors of four like high net worth in- investors looking at NASL because of the independence, because of owning your own team. If he can actually make that, you know, these these rumors typically come out of, like, some actual fact. They're not made out of whole cloth. If he can actually make them come true, it will take a lot of work. But if he can do it, we'll be in good shape. Um, but it, let's not pretend that's good times either. Right. Uh, the only confirmed team to leave NASL next year is Minnesota. Let's just put that out right there. All the rest are just right. rumors. We don't know what's going to happen in the next few months. Um, we have San Francisco coming next year. NASL Chicago... Probably the next year. Hopefully that, that keeps going. Twenty eighteen, and with uh, San Diego and the LA franchises maybe kind of forming, um, they can probably kind of uh, stop the bleeding at this point and try to, to focus on those and maybe some more uh, teams in the Central Time Zone or Mountain Time Zone. Try and build that across to San Francisco Deltas. The flip side is this: you don't have so many terrible news stories coming out with out there being something bad going on you know there's there's no way around it the nasl is in bad shape and whether the bad shape is going to be enough to completely take it down that remains to be seen when you have 12 teams instead of say 32 in the nasl or in the usl rather um you have less stability you have less less of a buffer zone when one team goes bad or two teams go bad in the same season. So with NASL having all of these issues, yeah, they do need to convert some of these expansion interested people towards getting a team on the field. Can they do it? Possibly, probably. Is it going to be enough to get the momentum moving positively towards you know, being able to be the strongest second division so they can work towards the first division aspirations that they might have. I honestly, I'm skeptical of it still. 
I, I have I would have a lot to say about USL and uh, a few things, but we're going to be talking about this every week for the next whole year. So let's <laughs> exactly. save that for next time. Let's, let's uh, for the off season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's do this. Okay, right now let's take a quick break and we'll come back talk about all the matches and our predictions. Hooray for things that actually happened. <laughs> Welcome back to Toughcast. This is Caleb. And this is Colin. And I'm Notch. So games, guys. What do we got? What's first on our plate? Uh, Miami versus Puerto Rico FC. And they played in front of 10,000 people. That's pretty good. That's, that's really good. It's not bad even if you're giving away most of your tickets. Yeah. That's still getting more interest in the club in their first year especially. That's fantastic for Miami. So like golf you, clap for Miami. Right. From exactly. At least me. A lot of people are really loath to... Acknowledge free tickets. There's uh-huh. growing consensus that when you give away free tickets, even for a team's first year, even for a team's second, third year, even it's it's not necessarily going to be a, a good thing for the future because it devalues the product. But you know, honestly, if if people are showing up to a game, if they're you know buying beer at a game, if they're having yeah. a good time and making it seem as though there's enough momentum for a team, I do think it still helps. Well, and having more people in the stands makes other people come back. But I'll just also say, there's a lot of things I would not do for $1. For example, go to a dubstep show. Couldn't convince yeah, me. Yeah, I wouldn't sign for a Fort Lauderdale for a dollar. Yeah, that's how they got 10,000 people. It's all the people who weren't across the, the city in, uh, at Broward County Cricket Ground. Uh, so yeah. th- this game ended 0-1 to one to the, the people from Puerto Rico, which made all of us look like idiots because we all predicted Miami would win this. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, right? and-, and, and to be fair, Miami did score. They did. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota United undercover agent for Miami, Pablo Campos. You mean Pablo Campos. Okay. Stored an own goal. Oh, sorry, on a, everyone's eardrums. Yeah. <laughs> Stored an own goal on a Puerto, Puerto Rico free kick. And I'm a great header, though. Yeah, no, good, nothing good the header. Yeah. Keeper, yeah. yeah. If, if it had been on the other side of the pitch, it would oh, yeah. be great. Vintage uh, Pablo Campos right there. <laughs> <laughs> so this game was delayed for over two hours, and the stands still looked pretty full on video, which is even, I would say, still kind of impressive. Um, and Miami had a clear edge in possession. So, again, the fact that, that Puerto Rico needed an own goal to win, not surprising. Right. Yeah, and it... I think it was one of those games where you wondered how Miami wasn't able to convert any of their chances. Um, Puerto Rico, I think, probably got lucky with the own goal, but you can't necessarily say a team should have won if they weren't able to score at all. Right, exactly. Uh, let's move on to Fort Lauderdale Strikers versus Tampa Bay Rowdies. The uh, What was this one called? The Hudson River Derby or whatever? No, it's uh, the Florida... Beach ball, uh, what is it? There's some word for this. Highway 23 or some, I think it's like an I-92 or some something. The Senior Citizen Special. Yes, exactly. Yes, there we go. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, one, the same ended. Uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers won. Tampa Bay Rowdies four. Or I should say Fort Lauderdale won best team in North America. Four. Best team in North America. <laughs> and uh, it, you would think that maybe a team would not have their kind of main flack say this is the best team that nasl has ever assembled <laughs> while they're in ninth place B- yeah. before the game they were in ninth place i think so, yeah i mean uh it's kind of an odd thing for a fort lauderdale uh 
Strikers consultant to be posting about Tampa Bay Rowdies right before their game. But hey, the Rowdies did win, so yeah. there we go. He's right. Yeah, um, he, he was very, very accurate. Which he did say, arguably though. Yeah, so we shouldn't give him too much. Yeah. Okay, let's argue. He said it. Arguably, no, they're not. No, absolutely not. A- they, arguably, they played very well, but they're, they're, yeah, they played very well not. on that day. But arguably, Matt Van Okel is the best goalkeeper in North America. So, arguably, but I am the that. best soccer podcaster in this entire country. Not an argument. I, then. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't come up with an argument against. Nope. <laughs> yeah, Resolved. Uh, not yes. Kernick, best podcaster. Uh, in ar- all ar- arguably, America. a lot of things can be arguably true. Let's just put it that way, okay? Because uh, because there's a lot of argument to be had sometimes about things. Um, uh, this game uh, had Georgie Rostov scoring a hat trick in his hundredth appearance for Tampa Bay, which is pretty cool. Nice, it, nice it, little landmark. That's not the first time that a. Century mark was marked by either some sort of really, really solid performance or a winning goal or something like that. And by the way, uh, typically when people score 100 on a cricket ground, they take their helmet off, hold their cricket back in their head. So I wonder if he's after like coming onto the pitch for his 100 game. Ristov kind of like took a bow and stroll around the ground. And took his helmet off and right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, then they all stopped for tea and ate uh, cucumber sandwiches. Cucumber sandwiches. Tea, yeah. Cucumber sandwiches with mint chutney are really freaking good, by the way. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason that uh, Indians like held on to that little bit of uh, Britishness. But anyway, moving along. The uh, Is there anything else to say about this game? Two um, goals off rebounds. Yeah. Yeah, Bruno, you can't really fault him too much for parrying both saves. But, you know, Rissov was pretty on top of it to get on the other side of it. The other thing... Um, welcome back to the score sheet, Teen Wolf. Right. Howl. <laughs> Teen Wolf, or as my friend likes to, likes to call him, 80s aerobics instructor, Andrew Luck. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one's for you, Shane. That's a shout out to you. Uh, yeah, I had forgotten that he existed. Like last year, there wasn't a week that we couldn't go without talking about him. And his career in Tampa Bay has been, uh, I think, the epitome of MEH. Um, you know, we were talking before the podcast about whether or not he would count as one of the most disappointing signings of the year, given how good he was last year, the fact that he's only scored, this is fourth time all season. And it's not as if he's been out injured. It's not even as if he was, you know, out on the subs bench, right? He's been playing pretty much day in day out and he just has not been able to do anything this year. And they paid 750, Hundred thousand, I said hundred twice, but million yeah. billion yeah. dollars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of playing time, by the way, forty six minutes. What's the, what? What do you think that is? That's the amount of time Freddie Adu has played for the Tampa Bay Rays this year. <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> speaking of disappointing signings. Uh, see, the funny thing is, I just I've heard that their coach kind of has it out for him, and the few times that we did see him play, I thought he was like okay, but I I feel bad, man. He's been okay. He was on the bench this game, uh, <laughs> so better uh, than he has been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, one other piece of news: Fort Lauderdale strikers signed uh, Pascal Million and Junior Sandoval, <laughs> who are apparently playing for the love of this great team, according to Luis Cocochi on on the. Um, uh, tailgate show podcast out of Fort Lauderdale. He said that they love this team so much that they are, you know, coming in and playing for one dollar. I think it was the whole thing. Like, if you sign this contract, I'll give you all the money in my pocket. <laughs> 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 no. Oh yeah, it has to be a lot. He's an owner of a team. Yeah, 
And it's one dollar each. Oh, oh, darn, you got me. Oh. Where's the training pitch? Uh, like, just <laughs> imagine what they could have bought for two dollars for the rest of the season. I think. Okay, let me put it this way. I think there's some value in having a lower division that has players who are able to come in and and play for low salaries, just so they can revitalize their career. However, that lower division is the NPSL. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. People yeah. should not be playing for money this low. This is. I mean. There's no players' union, so this is why this stuff can happen. Um, but it's kind of embarrassing to see these guys um, playing for nothing, literally nothing. Like, I'm honestly surprised there's not something in Florida contract law that makes it so you can't sign a deal for just $1. Maybe there even is, and Fort Lauderdale just doesn't know about it. <laughs> kind of the same way that they didn't know that they need to pay their health insurance premiums on time, but whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that this. Anyway, I could, I could talk about politics, about uh, uh, work laws, but we, let's not get into that. Let's talk about Jacksonville Armada versus Oklahoma City, uh, Rio OKC. Uh, game ended 1-1 uh, in front of 3,400 people. And you know what? They didn't put up a highlights packet, so we're not going to talk about them. Yeah, and it didn't seem like there was anything to talk about anyway. So Great. Uh, Ottawa versus Minnesota United FC, the game we wish we didn't have to talk about. Do you want to just go back to the Jacksonville game and just... All, no? Okay. <laughs> no, all I'm going to say is there are two games now where Jamie Watson has scored the first goal. Um, Loon's going to the halftime with the uh, lead. And then Ottawa comes back and scores a bunch of goals to take the game late on. Clearly, Jamie Watson needs to be banned from the pitch. Right, of course. That is my takeaway after this. Yeah, it's it's his fault. It's right. his fault. I mean, he actually was probably the best player for the Loons the entire night. But What the hell happened? I don't know. Uh, our midfield just doesn't seem to sync up with our forwards. Our defense was top ball watching for two goals. Uh, I yeah, gotta say, man, Aaron Pachkolin is looking like he can't keep up. Yeah, with with um, he missed the tackle on that third goal by quite a ways. Yeah, and he's just looking like, a little sluggish. I yeah. mean, I, I I don't doubt his skill. He, he's still a skilled man, but I, I mean, I don't know if he's a starter. I don't think he is a starter right now. If he comes in, if we're up by, say, one goal, and he comes in for the last half hour and plays solidly in the defense, he didn't look bad the first half, but he can't play a full 90 anymore. The, there were, we had moments. We had, Especially at the start of the game, we had moments. But slowly the momentum just kind of slowly slipped away until by the end of the game, Ottawa was the one who were in the driver's seat. Yeah, and you question whether or not it's a lack of focus on the team's part, if it's just that they're wearing down with a long season. But, you know, when it's when it's Coleman that's making Coleman-esque issues. Right. When it's Pitch that's making terrible errors, when it's, you know, all of these people that you want to see on the team because they're not necessarily going to do something very special, mm-hmm. but they're going to do their job correctly. When it's those guys that are making the huge mistakes that are leading to losses, that's when you start to question what entirely is going on with the team. And, and l- let's be honest here also. Ottawa made the most of their chances. They made Absolutely. the most of yeah. yeah. Credit they... to their players for, yeah, for just – Scoring goals when they had the chance, and they looked they like they couldn't believe that they had they, scored when they did. They executed their shots very well in the second half. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and they really took us apart. And and so it's, um, they're sitting third from the bottom right now. <laughs> uh, so they they got to have a few more games than this uh, to do it. But they, two weeks in a, or two weekends in a row, they beat us. 
Well, yeah. this, this is a really big rivalry game for them. So maybe they just wanted to step up and. Oh, on on that subject, <laughs> uh, very quickly, uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say, uh, a, a a Minnesota supporter who um, went over to TD Place had a really bad experience in the supporter section there. Apparently, um, I was cussed out. Kids were cussed out, and his great offense in life the 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 shocking thing was that he wore a minnesota united jersey in the opposing uh, oh support, my goodness oh right? my goodness uh the the word used by a member of stony monday riot i think he was a member of stony monday riot was it was a provocation i'm sorry guys look this isn't freaking england in the 60s okay you can go up to a guy and nicely ask him to leave like you don't want him i get it that's fine like that's okay i would probably have done the same thing but you know what you don't need to do cuss him out be like act like children all right, don't do that. Just just have a mature conversation and say, look, this is our section. These are the rules in our stadium. Uh, here's a staff member that we know. He'll reseat you. I mean, I've done this before, man. I have done this. Like, I have gone up to opposing supporters or folks in our section who weren't happy and said, hey, look, this guy right here, he's a, he's a ticket guy. He will help you um, reseat yourself somewhere else in the stadium where you'll be a little bit happier. But instead, they used curse words and uh, were asses about it. Yeah, I mean, I subscribe to the beer 90 beer concept where literally there's 90 minutes within a game where an opposing fan is the enemy, but that you also recognize that they're there for the exact same reason you are. They're there to enjoy their team playing. And it's not your job to make it so intimidating that they don't want to come back to even their own home team's matches. Well, and, and, and that's that's the thing for me. is like you... Again, it's one thing if uh, if our guy goes in, like, dancing, sets up a flare, and then, like, you know, pulls his pants down and then, like, you know, does the helicopter when we score, right? That's, that's a little bit different. And uh, that didn't happen. Um, and if that had happened and if that happened in our section, I would be angry and start cursing. However, when a guy shows up with two young kids and I've, I've met this individual, I have met his children. They're all wonderful people. When they show up and and you take that as a provocation, you got to take a cold, hard look in the mirror, maybe dunk your head in some ice a few times, maybe, uh, go and ask for some strong prescriptions because you need to relax (laughs) in life. Like Uh, how, how provoked, how triggered can you be by a small child? Right. So, anyway, this is just all to say that supporters groups can sometimes take it a little far. Just relax. We're all fans. We're all having fun here. This isn't like, I don't know, um, Mean Street Idiots or whatever it is. Um, this isn't the Euros from this past summer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Um, Carolina Railhawks versus FC Edmonton ended 1-0 in front of 4,700 people in Cary, North Carolina, where the go- best goalkeeper in the entire country, world, and universe... Let off a goal. A pretty nice work goal by Carolina, too. Uh, cross, cross the box by Matt Fondi finds Omar Bravo's chest, and then that ball finds the feet of Austin Deleuze. And just kind of shoots it right past Matt Van Oort, who probably could have done better. Um, yeah, near it, post, you never want to say, because yeah. Yeah, near it, post is, it seems was, easier. But It was one of those where the way that his legs were out he probably could have made a kick save if he reacted just a touch better but he probably couldn't have reached down for it yeah so but right it, you it totally was, could have made that save you were there like it was it was I, if i was there i, could I have, have enough it, mass you know, like, on me that it just would have like bounced off and... 
the real best keeper in North America would have saved that. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, that's Kyle Eliasson. Reasonable sources tell me that the best goalkeeper in, in America is Kyle Eliasson. Uh, just so you all know, um, I thought that they took apart the, the Edmonton defense pretty well on that on that. Uh, that goal is kind of yeah. it's kind of textbook in that way. Um, in the interest of time, we should keep moving because we're getting to the forty-minute mark at this point. Um, Indy versus New York Cosmos, which at the start of this day, I was like, <laughs> "Oh God, uh, I'm really scared about this game." Blah blah blah. Turns out, Indy did great. Yeah, uh, yeah. They only needed three players to beat the Cosmos. Yeah, Justin yeah. Braun, Eamon Zayed, and Dylan Maris. Yep, each all had a goal need. and assist. Yeah, yeah. They all they just had an agreement. Like, okay, this one they just rotated the assists and the goals between each other. Yep. Uh, game ended three nil. Um, uh, myself and Colin got it horribly wrong. Caleb held the faith, so uh, honorary member of the Brickyard Battalion, uh, right there. And um, it means a lot. It means a lot. Um, it, the, the second goal though was classic Evans Zayed, wasn't it? it? It was. It was a great touch. What a touch! <laughs> what by a Zayed. touch! It's what a, what a, a touch. touch! What a touch! What a ball by Mares! Just what this a team ball. is amazing. That's what she In said. Press. <laughs> <laughs> so something that you guys those of you who haven't watched the indie level highlights and, and, and listen to our comments about their color commentator won't realize is that their color commentator literally said the same things like 800 times which was some combination of great touch or what a touch he said it in just only in the comment like the, the highlight reel like i haven't heard great touch great touch since like high school sex ed is something that i shouldn't be hearing <laughs> <laughs> and it was delivered as clinically too it was and just this like... has been two united fans right, we, we're not gonna do better than that so let's end the podcast right here go home screw uh, the predictions anyone wants go to buy three microphones and three mi- mic stands uh this is our high point uh this is over um anyway it was a great touch i did like it but god uh, Colin. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. All right. Um, with that, we should move on to predictions for um, next next week's games. We got three midweek games again um, occurring. I think two days from now. And uh, first one is uh, the Jacksonville Bodie McBoat faces versus uh, FC Edmonton. We have the greatest goalkeeper in the entire galaxy and cosmos. Um, who do you think is going to win this? Edmonton. Yeah, I got Edmonton. Yep. Uh, even though Matt Pinocchio had an off week, he's still better than Gallardo. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think Gallardo's been starting, but sure, yeah. No, he, he has. He did he start has. last oh, year. Oh, no, yeah. why? Yeah. Oh, God. Because blackmail, that's why. Right. He, those photographs are really bad, guys. They're in a safe in his house, so if, uh, you know. Uh, Carolina Redhawks versus New York Cosmos. Um, we have a split prediction here. In fact, we have all of the options: draw, Cosmos, and Carolina between us. I had the Railhawks because I, 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 it's it's at home for them. Yeah, I've got to draw because the Cosmos are difficult to do much of anything on the road, but they're still probably better than Carolina. I know the Cosmos. I feel awful about it, but as good as Sylvester has been for Carolina, um, mm-hmm. that defense has still been a little bit shaky. Past couple, not last game, but in the past few weeks. So I think Cosmos latch onto those chances in the box mm-hmm. that are on balls that are bouncing around and put them home. So I, I have them um, winning the next one because I think between three games back to back, you know, it's it's going to be kind of hard. But uh, you might be absolutely right. Puerto Rico FC versus Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Um, who you got? 
Uh, Puerto Rico FC, and I think Ramos is going to start and draw the limb and say Ramos will start. Same. Exactly. Actually, Ramos has actually been kind of cold recently, so I'm going to do something very strange and say that Fort Lauderdale are going to win just because I, I don't know anymore. Okay. I don't either. Um, Tampa Bay versus plays uh, Miami. And I first said Miami. I'm the only one of the three of us who says Miami's going to win this one. Yeah, first of the weekend games. I've got Tampa Bay just because, you know, they looked really impressive. It's going to be a home game for them. They got that Cardiff boost, um, <laughs> that bump from Cardiff. I think they'll carry that into the Miami game. <laughs> uh, Minnesota United FC versus Jacksonville Armada. Uh, the winner here is going to be my tear ducks because even if, we, even if we win, this is going to be my last game at the NSC ever. Aww. Because I'm going to miss the next two home games after this one. So um, I'm going to have to take this one in. I'm gonna, I'm really going to have to just stop and take this one in. Because it, it, I, I don't think, even if we get to the playoffs, which is going to be a toss-up, uh, I don't think we're going to have a playoff game at home. No. So It's not looking like that. No. Uh, I have the NSC beer sales are going to win this game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll all drink heavily. And I have Jacksonville because fuck it. Fuck everything. Fuck it all. All right, man. Someone just keep an eye on this guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Ottawa versus Puerto Rico FC. And um, all I've typed here is fuck Ottawa because I don't know why. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, 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 would you, why would you say that? Because I, I was watching the highlights. And at the end, it was like 3-1 on the screen. And I was like, <laughs> I had a grumpy face. But anyway, uh, I, I don't think that Puerto Rico FC is going to go away to Ottawa. And a win. Yeah, one of the longest uh, road trips for Puerto Rico, and I don't. I think Ottawa has this one, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah same here. And Puerto Rico plays midweek too. So, uh, FC Edmonton versus Indy. I've got Edmonton for this. I think it's going to be a little bit difficult of a road trip for Indy. Um, Edmonton's been really good at home. They looked kind of suspect this weekend, but I think it might end up being. It could either be a draw or one of those games that Matt Van Oakle just you know completely mm-hmm. saves them from sheer collapse. Or one of those Matt Van Oakle games where he just lets in three easy goals. You, you never know with him. <laughs> I think Indy's going to win this one. Uh, Iman Zayed's back on the score sheet after a long time away from it. I think he'll build on that and score a couple more goals. Me too. Uh, New York Cosmos is Fort Lauderdale Strikers. We don't need to say much about this. All three of us at the Cosmos. It's yeah. pretty obvious why. Uh, Oklahoma City, Ryo OKC versus Carolina Railhawks. Um, hmm, two of us had OKC, including me. Yeah, I have Carolina. I don't know why you guys took OKC. I mean, I I just I, I don't know why. Why, why Colin? Why did you pick OKC? I, I really don't know why I picked OKC. <laughs> I, I, just okay, okay. I, I do because they're at home and yeah, uh, they're, they're playing home. on this weird turf surface that they're used to, but Carolina might not be. And Carolina plays midweek uh, at home. So... I'm, I'm thinking that's good that enough for me. I will count that as my explanation as well. All right, perfect, <laughs> great. Um, this has been an episode of Two United Fans, possibly the one that we hit our peak, and then everything after this is complete train wreck. Um, but, but please keep listening. Yeah, we, we'd like us to. We'd like you to uh, join us for our descent into slow descent into chaos. Uh, next week, we discover that the new deity of uh, Two United Fans is uh, El Gabal, the sun disk uh, from the from Eastern Syria. And that we have a uh, sexually debauched emperor who has taken over the podcast who then gets assassinated by the... Per- okay. Sorry, guys. I've been listening to the, the, the Ancient World podcast and the story of Elagabalus is one of the coolest in Ancient Rome. He is a complete madman. Um, 
yeah, send that over. Awesome. To, yeah, send yeah. that over to me because I need something else to listen to yeah. other than like all of the really depressing politics podcasts I've been on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, hey, no, seriously, this was exactly the zone I was in when I was living in Chicago several years ago, and I switched to listen to history podcasts, and they are awesome. So, like, hardcore history is another great one. Hardcore Ooh, history is really good. Yeah. Um, my three top three are, or actually, I'll give you four: is History of Rome, the classic, the one that started all the history of podcasts. Beautiful storytelling. Uh, the ancient world picked up from that and kind of did before, you know, History of Rome started there and has done a whole bunch of things. There's also the History of Byzantium. There is, which starts at the end of the History of Rome. And then finally, there's Revolutions, which is the same guy who did History of Rome. I've heard good things about Revolutions. Oh, it's amazing. He goes through the American Revolution, the Haitian Revolution, the English, Re- French. It's it's just awesome. And this has been things to listen to instead of two United fans. <laughs> oh, damn it. Don't listen. No, no. This, that wasn't the segment. Let, let's edit the segment. Oh, come on. It's not like we have sponsors that would give us money for people actually listening. But if listening. any of you sponsors are it's, listening. It's not I like mean, we have listeners anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're just telling each other what to listen to. So, uh, you can find this podcast, as well as the others I mentioned, on iTunes, Google Play Music, which I actually finally listened to today. I listened to some podcasts on it. Uh, Stitcher Radio. You can also find us on SoundCloud, and you can find us on Twitter at TWOUnitedFans. Uh, what are your Twitter handles, guys? I'm over at The Attachments. And I'm at KOlson716. And I'm at Lockstock Lock, Lock, Spock. And on that last uh, word, uh, the Minnesota Orchestra is going to be doing a version of the Star Trek the movie from 2009 with a like live orchestral accompaniment next year. So That sounds that totally up your alley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week, probably on a, a weird day just because I'm uh, traveling next week. So. Yeah. Bye. Rest in peace, Jose. Bye.